everyone. I'm your host, Christina Laney Mitri, and welcome to Smart Living Hawaii's podcast, where we discuss smart homes and technology, sustainability, healthy lifestyles, and smart business. Today, we will continue our Sustainable Leaders series and have a talk story with David Pang, owner and partner of Malama Eco Products. We will be discussing alternative single-use products that are eco-friendly, cost-effective, and will help eliminate plastics and styrofoam in the marketplace. We will also go over bioplastics, biodegradable, degradable, compostable, recycled, and PLA, which is polylactic acid, to get a better understanding of which products are out there that are more safe for the environment. Aloha, David. Aloha, Christine. All right, well, before we begin, I always like to do a quick bio. So, a little bit about more about David. He is a partner with a Hawaii-based Elio. Elio, yeah, Elio, Elio products. It actually Elio means products. dog in Hawaiian. Oh, really? Yeah. Elio products, because <laughs> he was working on um, yeah. pet stuff before. Yeah. So he, we still also, are. <laughs> and they are, but they started there. So yeah. they made, they're the maker of Malama Eco products and also Teeth Treat. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Yeah, dog treats. Yeah. Uh, dental treats for your Yeah, dog. I was looking into that too. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, I got to buy some of those and mm-hmm. see how they work. Um, a pet uh, industry veteran with more than two decades of experience, uh, David also uh, started his career in the pet Hawaii food, I guess, pet industry, and then he went into more of a pet product distributor. Yeah, so right? it started off, I was a rep for IAM's dog food here in the state of Hawaii. Um, oh, okay. 20 plus, th- yeah. 30, almost 30 years ago now. <laughs> yeah, yes. and then became a store owner internationally. Yeah, so right? I moved, I lived in Asia, I lived in Taiwan for about a year. Okay. And we built a bunch of stores there. And then now he focuses on the Elio products here in Hawaii. Correct, distribution. Which, which is going back and forth to when you when you, when you you travel. Where, yeah, so we, we do business on the mainland as well. So we have a factory in San Diego that makes all the dental treats and we own the factory. and. We have customers there on the mainland. We also have customers in, in Asia as well, Korea, Taiwan, China. And oh. then we also sub- source products from those areas as well. Okay. And he is partnered with, is it Michael Mike Choi? Choi? Uh-huh. Mike in Choi. In 2008 to create the Elio products, mm-hmm. developing and importing these pet products and eco-friendly products to Hawaii. So this has been going on for quite some time. And under the radar, I would say, more than anything. So we've done our job, right? <laughs> Um, and then he, he did study marketing at the University of Hawaii, and he um, graduated. He's a graduate in 1988 so I'm at old, Kaimuki. Yeah. Not kind of old. Um, anyhow, so let's dive in. Your family, your background. I've got three boys. I'm married to my lovely wife, Jen. Um, we live in town, close to where I grew up. I kind of like that. How area. old are your boys? I've got one that's 25. And I've got one that's 12 and one that's 9. All, all boys, like I all said. Boys. So it's, I'm lucky. <laughs> I've been blessed. <laughs> I have a boy on the way. So we'll see how that goes because I had a girl first 10 years ago. Yeah. So how did you transition from pets to eco-friendly products? Oh, that's, you know, people have asked me, being that I've been in the pet industry for so long and I've kind of just, our company's always been known, hence the name Ilio Products for the, the pet side of our company, that when we started the eco-friendly, like what in the world would make you do this, right? So I've a few bass. And basically what happened was, you know, I was with my middle son, I think we we're at a beach or at a park one day, and 
I just looked around and it was just styrofoam plates and plastic forks and spoons and knives. And, you know, so we started picking it up and I, I just thought to myself, like, this can't, we can't pick up everything. There's got to be a better way. You know, and being that I grew up here in Hawaii, you know, I've dived, I've snorkeled, um, we've hunted, we've gone fishing, we've laid net, you know, I, I grew up all the, being outdoors and understanding what the environment, how important it is to our lifestyle as our livelihood as well. You know, I just said, this is crazy. And again, this is nine, ten years ago. Mm -hmm. This is not last year. This is ten years ago. And so I spent some time working on this, trying to figure out, okay, what is in the marketplace? What is out there that actually is eco-friendly that can basically reduce the amount of sure waste that's going into the air into the ocean into the parks into our grass into our lawns right should and to sit here and think everyone's going to throw everything away that's very naive so mm -hmm. i kind of understood that okay what happens and I, and I looked at it like i have to account for the dumbest guy <laughs> not the smartest guy or the person who wants to do the best, right? I'm the person who doesn't really care. He's like, I'm throwing it out of my car. If a person throws out a styrofoam plate out of his car, it's gonna be there for the next 500 years. So I like, what if he threw something else that no one saw it and it went into the ground and it covered up by trees? Could the earth absorb it? So I just started doing some homework. Again, this is 10 years ago. Um, and we came across a few companies who were working on things, who were on the cutting edge back then. And they still, actually to this day, they're still on the cutting edge. And we kind of met with them, talked to them, got a better understanding of what could and couldn't be done. Hence, we started coming out with these product lines. And luckily for us, we were in the envious position that we sold all the stores on the island. Every, just about every store took all our pet products. Yeah. <laughs> so I was able to talk to the managers, the buyers, the CEOs and things and hey guys, this is my idea. And my idea is really, really simple. If I can make compostable, biodegradable, earth-friendly, eco, whatever phrase you wanna use that, that makes, that triggers it for you, and put it in your store and sell it at relatively the same price as plastics or non-eco products. I felt like the society would by default do the right thing and buy the eco products, therefore leading to a smaller damaging footprint by us. And it wouldn't affect anyone's daily life. It wouldn't stretch anyone's checkbook or you know deter them from living the lifestyle they wanna live. And I was very lucky to have a few stores in the very beginning to buy in, you know, based on our relationship of what my, my vision was. So nine years ago, we launched the product and it did really, really well. Mm -hmm. You know, the Malama Eco line did well and the stores were happy with it. So they expanded. And next thing you know, other stores started, okay, we believe you now, Dave, we're, we're going to bring it in too. Because mm -hmm. they're looking at the actual sales numbers, how much money the, they're bringing in. The exactly. They're looking at how much money the, these guys are profiting. And hey, I'm not getting a piece of that. Now I want a piece of that. So doing that, using the product, uh, profit you know, incentive, we were able to get every major retailer in Hawaii to bring in the Malama line. And typically it's their top top selling or one of their top selling SKUs in a category in every single store. 
So not only are the stores making money, but everyone's doing something environmentally friendly. good, friendly, yeah, yeah. better for the environment versus if they had just bought a box of plastic forks or styrofoam yeah, plates, exactly, right? right? So by default, you know, I'm, I'm accomplishing my, my goal of reducing the sheer amount of plastics in the environment and using the marketplace as a driving mechanism and not making anybody feel guilty, but they're actually saving money. So like our tagline is, you know, save some money and save the item. Yeah, so right now, basically you're in the retail area, mm-hmm. which is based off of what someone's gonna make their own decisions as to what they're gonna buy. Correct. So it's it's purely up to the consumer. Yes. Um, with, you know, Bill 40 and things that are coming down the pike <laughs> yeah. and the real big push for a more mm-hmm. sustainable Hawaii, yeah. um, I think it's it's on a bigger scale. It's going to be government issued at some point, yeah. and things are going to take place where it's not going to be your decision anymore. But you would want to hope that the price is going to be there, right? So these are the yeah. kinds of things that we're discussing and talking about. But before we get into any of that, I did want to because you know a lot of times. We are talking to a lot of people that are green to green who know nothing about this um, at all. And then they've just been hearing a lot of buzzwords, you know, so they don't really know the differences between anything. So I just wanted to tackle some of these words Mm -hmm. that maybe you can help. Um, everybody digest. Uh, K-I-S-S, right? Like, you know what? <laughs> people know what that means. I, I, and I truly believe in that. It, you know, I, I try not to, and I'm not, I'm not a science guy. So, you know, I have to keep it simple for me. So therefore, I try to keep it simple for everyone else. Yeah, right? and, and I think that's the key for us too, because whoever's going to chime in here does need to understand it. And the people that are very sustainable and can break it down scientifically, it really does go over everybody's head. Yeah. And so the people <laughs> sure. they're trying to reach, uh, it doesn't reach them. It, it just over. It glaze over. So right. let's just keep it simple. Yeah. So right now, everybody knows plastics are not good. I mean, they have their purpose, but when it comes to single use, it's not a very good idea. Now, agreed. Now, agreed, right? <laughs> so what we are seeing is the epidemic of it all going into the oceans i think that's a big thing um and so people are starting to come up with solutions or alternative things so bioplastics is now a thing and could you explain how bioplastics and um what pla is i guess for people i can't even pronounce the scientific name of pla and I think you polylactic have any acid? Yeah, polylactic acid, right? It's basically um, condensed sugars from sometimes the baby sugar cane, most of the times it's corn. It's basically extracted into a liquid and created into a polymer, and that's reconstituted into make, you know, cooked basically into whatever, whether it's a fork chop or a chopstick or a spoon or a knife. In layman's terms, that's basically what it is. They basically break it down into a liquid, a sugary extract, and then they basically cook it back up into something else. That's what PLA is in just the most simplest, visually understandable form. I mean, obviously, there's a whole bunch of scientific ways of how it's broken down, how it's, how it's reconstituted. But in a layman's term, it's basically you're taking a plant base, taking the sugar out of a certain plant, you're making it into a liquid, and then you're taking that liquid and you're cooking it into a plastic or not a plastic but a utensil or something of that sense yeah and a lot of these bioplastics 
they technically have like they'll break down to little pieces yeah, versus so, so bioplastics in an ideal world the bioplastics would break down and they would become what i re, what i refer to as worm food things that worms can eat that basically help create more nutrient in our earth unfortunately not all bioplastics are the same right so bioplastics if you look at it or you know bio-based products is what I, you know the, the term typically is being used it, it encompasses a lot of different type of um, raw material based products so for instance malama eco we've chosen not to use pla because pla is really good from the tension strength standpoint on what it's good at you can hold up to you know boiling hot water and things like that but from the breaking down in the environment standpoint, it's not as good as some of the other items out there. So when eight years, 10 years ago, when we decided to do this, what we found is the best item that kind of gave us a little bit of both was basically cornstarch. And so if you look at all of our utensils, they're all cornstarch based. And basically, if you think of cornstarch that we have in our kitchen, think of that as industrial form and the product's getting injected into or um, injected into a mold and stamped out. That's pretty much, again, really layman's term, our, our product. And the good thing about that is they break down substantially easier. We used to use it and we used to throw it in our worm bin. In about nine, 12 months, we would have nice dirt <laughs> mm -hmm. along with our food products. So there was a lot of combination. It wasn't just, I just threw it in you know, 100 forks in there to see it broke down. There was, you know, food in there. There were some of our plates in there. Uh, obviously, we would put water in there so the worms would have water. But, it, we, you know, I've done it myself where it's actually broke down. Nowadays, there's other items that their people are using. There's basically reed plants where people are taking leaves and then they're basically in, um, making it stronger and using it as plate-based or things like that. There's bamboo. It's one that we're seriously looking into just because of the the how fast it breaks down is substantially quicker than cornstarch or PLA and you can literally put it in your backyard and it breaks down like in months and but when you go to use it it's really strong so you know we're looking into that right now so there's always new technology coming out we try to be on the cutting the cutting edge of it we know a lot of the manufacturers as well as the scientists guys who are developing some of these things we've met them over the years and unless we find something measurably better at approximately the same price, if not cheaper, we're not going to move because what we have now works really well for what we do here in Hawaii. There's no sense unless I can make something better for cheaper. There's no sense moving. And the retailers don't want me changing anything. <laughs> they like the formula we have now. They're making, everyone's making good money. They're like, yeah. don't change anything. Babe. So it's, it has to make sense for everybody. Yeah. So now let's, Let's just uh, give an example of the difference between biodegradable and degradable. Okay. So, again, real layman's term, degrade, let's start with degradable. Degradable means it will break down to a certain size. Now, it doesn't mean it'll break down to zero. If you look at biodegradable, it will break down where, again, worm food, it becomes, it has a nutritional value back to the planet. And I'd like to use those examples. I mean, yes, we can get super scientific, but if, in, if you can understand that something that's biodegradable will have a nutritional value for our planet, something that's degradable really will not. If you think of it on those terms, you're pretty much going to be safe. Yeah, so when you see plastic and it breaks down, it'll break down 
to microplastics. Yes. Microplastics, which yeah. is what you see on the beaches yes. um, out in Kailua Beach side <laughs> yeah. by the Easter uh, Island, yeah. all these other places, <laughs> yeah. Right, birds, yeah. And then um, biodegradable again, the earthworms or whatever's in, they will eat it up. Which, by the way. You are going to do one of, we have, I think, about four <laughs> different kinds of tests that yeah. you can't see on the podcast, but I'm going to do some recordings and have a little bit of it in the reel so mm -hmm. you can see it um, because it's a podcast and it's not recorded. But one of the tests was he told me he was on the radio with somebody else or something. TV. TV. And he um, ate the straw. The new straw we're bringing in. Yeah. So he has a couple um, items, which we'll talk in a minute. But he is going to sample taste that one. And he's still alive because he did it a little while ago. I've, so actually, I've done it a bunch of times to prove <laughs> people. So I'm still here. I'm not sick. I'm not bent over. And, you know, I haven't been to the hospital to get my stomach pumped. <laughs> so. Yeah. Well, anyhow, that's one of the tests that we have set up. In addition to, um, we have a, a cup here filled with water, cold water, um, with two straws in it. One straw is a paper straw, which... We all know we want to support non, you know, non-plastic straws. So a lot of people have acquired the paper straws, especially a lot of the ocean-friendly restaurants. It's a, a mandatory thing that we we instill mm -hmm. into the ocean-friendly restaurants, and mm -hmm. um, you know, it does kind of make your craft cocktail experience not as <laughs> as awesome, enjoyable, enjoyable. <laughs> yeah. um, but you know. They do have a new product that they will be coming out with shortly. Yes, end of, end of this month. And possibly about the time we uh, push this podcast out. That, end of um, October then. So I have to admit, know. is it's working really well. So it's sitting in some water this entire time, actually before we even started. So you can see at the end what it will look like and how it feels. You can't tell, but you'll have to see in stores when you go and buy them <laughs> at the retail places. Um, so that's another test. And then let's see, we we covered biodegradable and degradable. We covered PLA, which the products that you have here, especially the ones that would be single use that you're going to be using mm -hmm. in restaurants or where you would see them often, yeah. um, those ones do not have PLA in it. Yeah, we use cornstarch. And right. then um, I guess another big thing that has been coming up is compostable. Okay. So. I guess the difference between commercial compostable and then home compostable. I know you just do home <laughs> because do home. you do it at home. <laughs> I don't have a commercial compostable facility. So and I either do most places. I would say 99.99% of the places on earth don't have a commercial. So to me, it's just a little silly that people use this now and then they put it on products, right? Correct. So they say things are compostable, but it's actually commercial grade, yeah. which means in order to compost it, it needs to... 57 degrees Celsius. Which in, it needs it's really to, hot. <laughs> they need to put it through a commercial grade thing yeah. in order for it to compost, which is not the reality of third world countries or anywhere else with... I mean, or yeah. our products, right? They just, they it's not don't a go real world. There. From a scientific standpoint, again, yes, it is compostable, biodegradable. From a world, real world standpoint, it's not necessarily convenient. How's that? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so just so you know, when you see cups, a lot of times, 
the pla- they look like plastic mm-hmm. and they've got the green labels on them. Yeah. Just know that, we don't have that most, facility here. most of those kinds of cups are, you think you're doing good for the environment, but you know, you're, you should uh, go and get paper. <laughs> it's probably I, the bottom line. You're doing, you're doing better for the environment than you would if you had a plain old Dixie cup. Right? Yeah. I mean, that's the, the reality. Um, so I tell people if that's what you got, then you know what? It's better than the alternative. And I think as long as everyone's moving in the right direction, I'm not going to bang anybody for it. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, we're going in the right direction. And some of this has to do with science hasn't caught up with our desires yet. And, mm-hmm. and that's why for us, Malama Eco, we only have certain products. And people are like, well, why don't you make this? Why don't you make that? And our answer is always because the science hasn't caught up with where we want to put our name on something that we feel absolutely yeah. comfortable so with. So you guys don't have cups no. because you're you don't have a product that you feel is meets going our to standards. Meet your standards. Exactly. And same thing, we didn't come out with a straw. Remember, the paper straws have been out for a while, and we looked at probably I probably looked at 30, 40 different companies that make paper straw. Physically, myself visited them to look at their process as well as how their product actually holds up, and I wasn't happy with the performance of the product. Hence, we've never made a straw under the Malama brand until we've come across this bamboo fiber straw. That's it. Yeah. So, you know, we tell people, and I don't want to make this sound like this is an ad, but if, if you stick with the Malama brand, you know that I have personally visited the factory. I have personally specced out and tested everything. And if it doesn't meet my standard on what I expect to hold myself to, it will never get branded as our product mm-hmm. and i would rather not make that money versus well let you know, somebody else do it yeah exactly to, no. you don't want to damper your brand Correct. understandable okay so we're gonna jump into most everybody understands recycled mm-hmm. um maybe not everybody knows that a lot of things are not recyclable anymore <laughs> yes. in hawaii in hawaii a lot. okay I'm... um would you like to share on that story? Yeah. So, you know, when we used to have recycling in Hawaii, everything was shipped off to China. And China would process it and recycle it and basically sell it back to us. And about five years ago, China says, you know what? We're done. We're not taking anyone's recycling things because... And it's not their fault. It, their economy and their society is growing. They were having as much... You know, when they started this recycling program, they didn't... Their economy wasn't as advanced. They were, then they weren't producing as much waste as we were, so they could absorb, they had the capacity to absorb some of our um, waste. But with China being so big and their people, and they're, they're at 1.4 billion people, and then how fast, they, they just realized that we don't have the capacity to absorb any, anyone else's, so we're gonna stop and just handle our own. So when we did, when they did that, anything that we thought we were recycling before that, outside of aluminum cans, Right? So all the plastic bottles that we're recycling, any of the car batteries, any of the sidings, and any of that stuff, right, that was going to China for recycling, people are just building up. Just stop. Just stop. So and now it's build, filling up. Now it's filling up warehouses and yards and everything else, you know, like industrial yards, and it's just mountains. And as, as and they're all typically used to be shrink-wrapped, right, and then be sent out to China. So they're shrink-wrapped. Now the shrink-wrap is breaking down because the sun and the weather is hitting them. And all of the things in there now are flying everywhere. So I tell people, don't think of things to recycle outside of aluminum cans. The United States has a great aluminum cans recycling facilities 
and that can handle all of that. And we can probably take nine, you know, we're doing like, you know, over 80, over 90% of our cans get recycled and reused again. So great. Outside of aluminum cans, even glass is hard. Um, plastics for sure. China now, not to them. say you can't recycle, like you can yeah. literally any, you can take those items to the recycling places yes. and get your money for Correct. them. Correct. Get your money back but for it. how the best to recycle would be aluminum. Correct. If you're going to... In Hawaii. In Hawaii. Actually, anywhere in the U.S. I'm, I'm, I'll put that out there. Anywhere in the U.S. Because the U.S. is... We just don't have the plastic processing facilities. We yeah. just don't so have So there them. are certain plastic bottles that you can recycle, but... And that they are very limited. It's like mm -hmm. one in two, I believe, right? Yeah. Everything else... Is not recyclable, everybody. <laughs> so don't put it in your blue bins, okay? <laughs> well, you know, I, I say this, right? Put it in the blue bins because at least you don't have to worry about it going into the landfill. Okay. Right? And it's a start. Because if the blue bins, if they find out it's not recycling, they'll throw the H power, at least they'll you know, burn it for some power. Yeah, Which is it. now what we do. This right? is what we do. And that's why, you know, when we talked about bio-based products earlier, I tell people, look, any of these will do well because all of these, you know, whether it's PLA, cornstarch, bamboo, or any paper or reed, 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 the reed plant, they all will burn. Plastics don't burn. Plastic melts. There's a difference. When things burn, think of if a log. A log will burn and you'll turn to ashes and you'll have substantially less than what you started with. If you think of a rod, a metal rod, it doesn't burn, it melts. It goes from one form to another form, but for the most part, it whatever it started about with, <laughs> about the same weight it started with. So that's how you have to look at plastics versus bio-based um, single-use single use products. Okay? okay, So any of these products are good. They all have their pluses and minuses. Right? There's no one magic thing that's just better than everybody else's. Each one has its, its strong points and its weak points. But they're all better than plastic. Because again, worst case scenario in Hawaii, which we do is at H power, we burn everything that becomes fuel for our electricity. And bio-based products just has a higher BTU number. Therefore it burns cleaner and it creates more energy when you burn it versus plastic, which doesn't really burn, it kind of just melts. Yeah, that's good to know, especially yeah. for the people that, you know, if you didn't know that everything like so much of it does get burned here almost in everything we are not the same as in a different state so i mean don't just think this yeah. same scenario we can't go inland yeah, <laughs> we can't find a dump inland yeah and you know the landfills are I don't over know, we we've, we've, we've had my understanding we've had like three or four exemptions extensions for wino and olive gulch in in um in, on the west side in Kapolei. And that's because we really don't have an area. So the EPA has granted us several exemptions over the years to keep it going. But the reality is, there's no, we don't really have anywhere to dump. So that's why they primarily use that for commercial waste. Mm -hmm. But all of our home waste things is pretty much going to H power. Okay. So now that we have that general idea of everything that we just talked about, hopefully it gives you a better perspective. Um, and I know we touched a little bit about your products, but maybe if you could dive a little deeper. Mm -hmm. um, sure. So they don't have straws, but they are coming out with straws. Yes. So let's start there because I think that's a huge topic. Everybody's like, okay, we're getting rid of plastic straws. Okay, I'll support that. Some people are, you know, 
dealing with the paper straws. Some people aren't, and they're actually bringing their own straws with them. Some of them are the I've done the metal ones, but then at the same time, those are they hit your teeth, they get yeah. cold. Oh. You just there's there's different things that yeah. you know people have to deal with. And then now there's bamboo straws that are like legitimately just bamboo, bamboo. which are re reusable that yeah. people are using. They just basically take the bamboo, a thick gauge of the bamboo, and they drill a hole in it, and that's your straw. Yeah, and those are right, those, those are good too, yeah. right? Um, Although you do have to, you keep them. You keep them yeah. like you keep the metal ones, right? And you gotta carry it in your purse and you gotta clean them. Mm -hmm. So if all of that is not convenient enough for you, this is a product that might be spark your interest. So could you tell us a little bit more about your bamboo straws? Sure. So it's bamboo in the sense that the raw material is bamboo, but it's not bamboo in the sense if you look at it, you, you would think this is bamboo. Yeah, so like bamboo flooring or yeah, straws no, it, that we're talking about earlier. So I tell people this, if you think of bamboo flooring, bamboo, the other bamboo straws or bamboo shingles or any of that stuff, when they make that, understand there's waste. And before, they typically would burn the waste or bury it or throw it in a landfill or anything else with it. These guys that we've met in Taiwan, and we've been working with them for about a year and a half, and they've been working on these projects for about five years now. And they've come up with a way to create all that rubbish, that leftover things that people use this dumb, and make it into a pulpous, fibrous material that they can extrude or inject like you could any other plastic polymer. But except it's only bamboo. And these uncertain items, my understanding is they use like rice starch to bind it. So we've all had sticky rice on our hand where we can't get it off because, so they turned that into that adhesive binding agent for the shape and form that they're looking to make. So for people, obviously this is a podcast. You, yeah, can't, you can't see it. feel it, see it. Yeah. Um, but we do have a cup here with it in there. Yeah. It does have a slightly texture. grainy yeah. like texture to it. Mm -hmm. But it's the same, the feels, width, it, you it, kind it, of like, it almost feels like a plastic. It, feel, it feels like plastic and I've left the straw in water for a week and nothing's happened to it. See, and so that's the other thing too, is that, you know, for looking at the straws right now, which I'm going to put this, push this recording on really quick. Um, when you look at the straws here, this is the... Yeah, it's already coming apart. It's already, yeah, coming apart. And it's been here for over half an hour, I think. Yeah. Um, usually, you're sitting here hitting the... Hitting the ice. <laughs> ice, like it's getting all mushy at the bottom. It but this prune, one right here, down at the end. yeah, like literally, there's no... Nothing. Yeah. It's really not... I don't mean... It's almost like sandpaper-ish. I yeah, don't know. It but feels very like reverse, fine. very fine sandpaper. Yeah, that's a good yeah. way to describe it. Yeah. And again, like a lot of people don't like the paper straw because there is a funny paper taste to it. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I didn't when I was drinking out of it, I didn't taste yeah, it. Yeah. Well, you're not supposed to. I'm <laughs> glad. I'm be. just drinking water. water. <laughs> it tastes like water. <laughs> it should taste like water, right? So, so again, you know, again, we we didn't want to. There's a few other companies that's brought it into the mainland, and they've been selling this in Asia. But we wanted to have it tested and try it out. So I actually, when they sent the samples, I put about three straws into our bin at home. So this is your earthworm bin? Uh, no, this is oh. just ground dirt. Oh, just dirt. Just dirt. Just dirt. dirt. Yeah, okay. not, I knew the earthworms would eat through that in, in seconds, right? Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like, this wouldn't be fair to measure that, right? Okay. So I just put it into the ground and I went back about a month later and it pretty much was gone. 
Yeah. So you, how long would you yeah. say it was there? Like, I mean, uh, well, was, I, I would or, say or what about, did they say it's? I'll say thirty percent of it was gone within a month, and I put it maybe let's say eight nine inches into the ground. You know, covered up with with dirt and stuff. So you knew had organisms underneath that that was deep enough that would start breaking it down for you, mm-hmm. right? But um, if you've got a compost bin, right, that you have at your house, if you just throw it on top and then you throw some food and leaves and things on top of that, it does the same thing. And literally, you know, um, I haven't checked it recently, but I'm assuming if it was thirty percent gone in thirty days, I'm assuming it's it'll probably gone by now. <laughs> okay, so wait, I we forgot to do the test here. Well, not a test. Okay. A oh, I'll take a bite. He's going to okay. eat. <laughs> so, splash off all the water here. So, the funny thing about this is this is pretty strong. But if you rip it, it rips pretty easily. Right? So, I don't uh-huh. know how many straws he's eaten so far. But he's probably going to have to eat a whole bunch more. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's asking me, like, are you serious? You're eating a straw? I'm like... Look, I haven't gone to the hospital to put my stomach out, and there's nothing wrong with me. So, you know, it's it's been okay. So. Oh! Ouch. It's okay. It's a little I Yeah, I think you stopped it. They just came out with the GoPro 8 too, and now you don't have to have all these extra attachments that you have to buy to do all this. Yeah. yeah. I don't have any of that. I'm still low tech. Well, my husband, <laughs> well, he we just do these videos like super quick and they're not like anything special, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> we got kids. We take a quick few quick photos and we think we're done. Yeah. <laughs> That's easy. Sorry about that. We had some technical difficulties as the GoPro falls on the ground. Okay. <laughs> Anyhow, so moving on, we have also, let's see, the next product that we have testing Mm -hmm. right here. We have, let's see. Let's put this in the front, the plate. Actually, there's a bowl of hot water we put in. And that was probably almost an hour ago. And and you can feel it and move the straw on the side here. And the, the strength of the bowl itself hasn't changed. Yeah, and the water's was, already like getting cool. yeah. almost lukewarm. Yeah, and that, that was boiling hot water. Yeah. I mean, it literally was boiling hot water. Yeah. So, and it, that just goes to show how it's going to hold up. And, yeah, and so, yeah. And, and, and I'll give a quick shout out to Dave Randall at Hongwanji School, you know, Buddhist school. And when we were coming up with this years ago, you know, he and I were kind of doing all these tests. But hey, this doesn't work. Hey, you know, I put this in here, everything fell apart. Kind of thing. So he kind of worked with me because he has access to all beef stew, curry, chicken, katsu yeah, right? for his everyday school. So we know we put some in there. And to the point now where he, he only uses our stuff and for his school. For the, He's a head, headmaster at the school. And he's like, because I know if a four-year-old kid can hold a plate or a clamshell with your things and nothing falls apart... I'm okay with it. <laughs> so we use that as like the litmus test, right? Because yeah. it's easy for us adults to be very careful and hold it. But go tell a four-year-old yeah. <laughs> to not turn his plate sideways and talk to his friends and tilt it and yeah. everything else. <laughs> so if they can do it, I think we're okay. And what about these clamshells? So, so for the, people that don't know, clamshells are basically the plate lunches. The box holders, yeah. Think of a plate lunch in a styrofoam box. Yeah. These are the ones that are now 
paper. Yes. So we have right in front of me is the um, tan looking ones. Yes. Those ones are the ones that you see, see at Costco everywhere, mostly much, now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if you're on a neighbor island that has moved away from styrofoam completely with their styrofoam band, yeah. that's pretty much what you're seeing mm-hmm. in all of the stores now, the restaurants. Pretty much. Um, and then on your side, the lighter ones, yeah, you the lighter too. ones, and those are that's the Malama Rund. Correct. And so then tell us what we what you did here. So we basically, if you look at it, and I don't know how well this is going to come out because we usually don't have food in it. But if you open it up, you can kind of see and feel the underneath and how it does feel like it's kind of slowly falling apart. Is the thickness of it, right? Where if you feel ours. There's yeah. no difference yeah. underneath. So the top it, it, and the bottom is yeah, pretty tight. Yeah, it pretty, it's, it's solid, right? And again, I'm not here to bang on anyone else's product, it, but it, to, to see the comparative difference, right? So ours, I tell people, look, ours is about a half cent more per when you buy in bulk than other people's, but you don't have to worry about your customers walking out and the bottom giving way. And then you it. have to make them another <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> So, again, we won't put our name on anything until we think it's going to hold up to what it's supposed to do. Like, obviously, if you're going to you use our plates or something to hold screws and rocks, it's not designed for that. Yeah. But for food and things like that, we always hold up. Never so, leak. what are these made out of? Yours? Sugar cane. So, all of our plate items, whether it's bowls, plates, um, you know, snack bowls, luau trays, or clamshells, they're all made out of a sugar cane. And similar to what I was explaining on the bamboo previously, is this was all waste before. So if any of you have ever been to Maui, um, the sugarcane meal that's on the side, if you're going to like Kaolui, mm-hmm. to uh, Kihei, right? My family's from Maui, so that's why I know I grew up with those guys, right? Um, they used to just, when they used to harvest the sugarcane, all the leftover junk, you just see mountains and piles in the back of the mill before they burnt everything. And they basically, that was waste. So what they would do is they'll just burn it, either burn it for some electricity or just burn it to get rid of it so they wouldn't have to pay for the dump. Mm-hmm. And these guys we met years ago, um, they found a way to make this into a fibrous material so that it can be injected and stamped into becoming plates. And if any of you guys ever ate raw sugar cane without the husk on, you always want to ask yourself, why does not it drip? Like, if you bite an apple, the apple juice will start falling out, right? If you take a sugar cane, you hold the sugar cane without the husk, none of the juice comes out. It's because the fibers of the sugar cane was, was developed through nature to hold moisture. Mm-hmm. For them to get the juice out of the sugar cane, they have to literally crush the sugar cane under t- tons of pressure to extrude the juice out. If not, the juice won't come out. The great thing about that for us is when we use it for our plates, it's strong. It, it's strong, one. And number two, it holds water and never lets it go. It doesn't release it out the backside. Right. So paper doesn't do that. Paper will break down instantly. And we've all had, you know, just put paper on anything, lift it up, the paper falls, whatever you hold it falls through. Mm-hmm. Sugar cane, never will. And so, and it's somewhat of an upcycle because you are using, it's not like the sugar that you use, yes. it's the. It's the it's rubbish. Like the rubbish, right? Yeah. The stuff they so you, we're, we're taking something that was trashy, we're making it something valuable. And then when, because it's been broken down now, right, when you do put it into the, either, even in the landfill, if you put it into the landfill or you put it in your compost bin, it becomes worm food, right? Because worms love sugar. Organisms love sugar. 
it's sugar cane fiber, <laughs> yeah. Duh, right? So it, it, it breaks down, you know, typically in at home, you're looking at probably about 18 months or so, it'll break down. Mm -hmm. Okay. And how does it compare to maybe these, do you know? So we, again, probably comparable. Yeah. So we, we tell people this, look, if you're using sugar cane at that, it's, it's pretty much the same raw material. And then after that, it's just engineering and design, mm -hmm. right? So we typically use a little denser um, spec, so it doesn't, so it's stronger with people because a lot of these plates are designed for mainland plate lunches. Brothers in Hawaii, we gotta go big. And yeah, <laughs> really, lunches, yeah. Our, two scoops, chili. yeah, two <laughs> scoops rice, mac salad, and a chili chili on top with a hot dog with chili frank. That's they don't have that on the mainland. So they, when we first started working with these guys in the clamshell, they're like. There's no plate lunch that's four pounds. I'm like, that's every plate lunch in Hawaii. <laughs> and that's a small plate lunch. That's a mini plate in Hawaii, right? So we kind of have to explain to them. So again, working with Dave Randall, we kind of, you know, him and I went back and forth. We figured out, okay, if we move this here and we re-engineer this here, um, it, it becomes much stronger mm -hmm. just by doing those things. And the funny thing is, you know, we worked at one factory and now we see our prototype and in typical China, we see our prototype that we developed seven, eight years ago, literally everywhere. Yeah. Everywhere. Because we didn't patent it or anything, yeah. right? We didn't yeah. think about that back then. Yeah. We literally see it everywhere that we're like, oh, maybe we should have done it a lot smarter about this. Yeah. Because, you know, we did a lot of the legwork for a lot of people up front. Yeah. So, which, you know, most of you don't know, he's... Dave, David's an inventor, technically. I mean, he's worked with his team too, which I think is really cool because most of the time here in Hawaii, you know, we find a really good product and then we import it, you know, and we slap our name on it because it's what we, we can't make anything here. Yeah. So, I mean, it's really neat to see entrepreneurs here in Hawaii going out and creating a lot of the, the stuff that we need here. And I mean, I didn't realize this, but I guess you, what is the gum that you guys do? Oh, grenades gum? I did. Yeah. I mean, I tasted it. I had no idea, but he um, is a gum maker as yeah, well. Apparently. I'm the inventor of grenades gum. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and he makes, he's made his own gum. Products and, like, and our dog treats and our dog stuff. Is, we don't make anything. We're, I tell people this, we're not a me too company in any stretch of the imagination. Everything we make, we engineer to make it better. We try to engineer the cost down in it and we try to engineer the performance up into something. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So. so, okay, did I think the other line is your utensils. So I yeah. guess let's go into that because that's an interesting one mm -hmm. and I think at times it might be a con con controversial controversy because people <laughs> think it's plastic, right? Yeah. Okay. So the good thing about our pro product is, you know, we and we didn't think about this years ago so but we, you know in our next batch we're actually going to start stamping our name on our product so people know it's ours yeah that's um, a good idea yeah so you know, <laughs> again not the strongest marketing heads you know, around but you know we're good at selling product and good at developing you know good product here but if you feel our let's use our forks because forks are literally 75 okay, percent let, let me push the yeah. record button on this one so we can show yeah so hang on, let's move this on the side here. Okay. 
<laughs> so if you see the two forks, so this is actually a PLA fork, and this is our cornstarch fork. They, they look like they're both to be usable. This is actually stiffer, and ours is a little bit more pliable, right? One of the main reasons I wanted to use cornstarch versus other materials in the very beginning was cornstarch doesn't break. So I have young kids, and we've all had the fork that snaps and pokes your kid. <laughs> so cornstarch doesn't. You can bend, but yet you can bring it back, and it's still relatively strong enough to eat your meat. Yeah, and this is the one that you now see out. Yeah. So and it does this. say compostable on it, yeah. right? So, so this here, 57 degrees, but if I were to do that to this, So that's one of the things that I didn't want to do because we know kids bite forks. We know younger kids do all that and we don't want them swallowing any of these pieces. That was number one. Number two, the material itself is a different. This here, you can bend it. It's, it's very pliable, but yet it retains its strength. So it's easy to use with adults, older people especially right as well as young kids now the temperatures of like you said that's, sitting that's in where heat, it's right? not as so the cornstarch where we gave what we gave up in return for some of these other benefits was the cornstarch it can't withstand 100 degrees celsius which is boiling water temperature for a sustained period of time it will literally start breaking down pla will and that's the biggest difference, mm -hmm. is what temperature settings that it can withstand. So the cornstarch can't withstand that. But we felt like no one's eating, I'm not using this to stir hot coffee. <laughs> I'm eating this to eat teriyaki chicken. It's yeah. okay, it's not 100 degrees yeah. Celsius, <laughs> yeah. right? So we pull, we pull, we picked this instead and we used this and we've been using this ever since and people like it. We, you know, we get compliments all the time of how much they like our product versus you know, other things out there. And we know this break, the other thing that we knew, this breaks down substantially easier in everyday real world environment. Yeah, so if you're doing not not the commercial, commercial. grade. 50, uh, 57 degrees Celsius, remember that. That's the magic yeah, temperature. And then versus regular, this just, just you know, every if it day. happens to just go into the bushes somewhere or whatever. The tree overgrows it over time. Some worms get to it. Some bugs get to it. They're yeah. Good. All right. Well, that explains the utensils <laughs> for some of you. Because when you look at it, you wouldn't know. I mean, yeah. I don't think you would know. So um, I tell people, how you know the difference between plastic and cornstarch, even PLA and cornstarch? Bend it. If it snaps, it's not cornstarch. Yeah. Okay. Real simple. I mean, that's a simple KISS test. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And then pretty soon, I guess you'll have your name on it. So that would be yes, a good so test. Yes, so people would know. See, if I put my name on something, then I got to be held to it, right? So yeah. that's, that, that says, you know, something that you believe in your product. So, okay. Now, the I guess you do have, I mean, we there's an alternative to Ziploc yeah. for those that, um, uh -huh. you know, use. I mean, I think more than anything there's you're gonna there's a time when you're using ziplocs okay and i mean there's really no way around um, it i'm sorry sometimes you do need to use it um and if you are maybe you might want to consider the the malama the, bags, the malama bags okay. and they look just like ziplocs and they're what is their number 
percentage? 97%? 97%. So we had a certified when we started making it. 97% degradable. Understand, again, it will break down. We use 3% of our product in there is petroleum-based polymers. We tried making it 100% and it basically does not hold up. You start putting it in the freezer and then going into the sun. and think It just breaks down way too quickly. The, the, the strength that you want to hold things in right it just doesn't hold up and people i didn't want to make a product that it would it wouldn't basically hold up to our everyday wear and tear mm-hmm. you know people buying things who are equally conscious also wanted to perform on what they wanted to do mm-hmm. right if you want to put a bag of steaks into a bag and put it in the freezer or you want to do calbee right calbee with the sauce. sauce exactly you don't <laughs> want it leaking all over your car driving home <laughs> so i mean do, right? i mean understandably yeah. a lot of things that you know mm-hmm. they are going to carry are things that the general mass yeah. which is what i really want to go into is that 80% or even more, maybe yes. most of the people in Hawaii yeah. would, you know, adopt not only because, you know, it's eco-friendly. But, but they're saving money. But there's, but yeah, it's either comparable or yeah. saving money. Yes. Right. And so that's kind of like a huge thing yeah. in order to get the change, yeah. to get someone I, to move from one product I, to so another. Yeah. Yes. Right? There, there's got to be a catalyst. Right. And I, I, I always say this. You know, we can probably get 5% of the population to do 80% of the work, but that is not sustainable to make the planet green-er and healthy-er, right? But if I can get 80% of the people to do 5%, that would be amazing. That I mean, that would go so far. That The impact on that would be, you know, it would literally change the way the we respond, the earth responds to everything, the amount of plastics in the ocean, the amount of plastics on the beaches and everything else. I mean, the amount of birds that are dying from eating these things. That would make the biggest difference versus trying to get 5% of people to do all the 80, 80% mm-hmm. right? So again, like I, when I started this conversation with you, it was like, we just wanted to make it so that people were doing it without even thinking. Yeah, like it's, a want, exactly. right? it's a no-brainer. Exactly. Like just go out there and do it. So like our bags, right? We tell people, look, 97% of it is going to become worm food in five years. That's better than Ziploc, which is 0% in 500 years. <laughs> right. So, exactly. yes, it's not 100%, but, you know, don't, you know, let's not make perfect the obstacle of success, right? We Let's take our in- incremental wins when we can get it. Well, if they're going to, if someone's going to use Ziploc, yeah. then use why not have yes. a better brand? Right? Oh, by the That's way, we're, we're about 30% cheaper, too. Yeah. And, it's, and it's actually better. It's actually stronger if you try it. Okay. Well, I'm going to have to try it. So, um, they also have chopsticks from made out of bamboo. bamboo. Yeah. So, and I mean, I know most people when you yeah. get chopsticks, it's probably the best alternative to all the utensils Fences, yeah. out there because they break down much easier, but you do focus on more of a sustainable. Yeah. So the breed we use, I don't know the name again, scientific, but they, it grows about a foot a month. So it's very much sustainable. And also you want to look at the chopsticks as well as you want to look at the strength. So, I know my last name is Peng, but I'm not a five foot six Chinese guy. Well, <laughs> <laughs> you can see that on the reel. <laughs> yeah, I'm six three, about two twenty, so I'm bigger than the, the average Chinese guy. And no, you know, being that I'm Chinese, I can make fun of Chinese, and it's okay. Right? <laughs> so, I mean, I, I hate chopsticks that are small and aren't strong. So one of the things I wanted was I, again, I, like I made the gum for me. 
and I hope everybody else liked it. I made the chopsticks for me over here. Really. <laughs> so it's longer than the average chopstick. Most chopsticks, I think it's the longest out there. I think it's like 11 or 11 and a half inches long. So it's really big because I don't want a chopstick that's shorter than my fingers and I don't need the chopstick, <laughs> right? And I wanted it thicker so that we've all had that chopstick where we picked up the chicken, the chopstick's bending. Or well, it yours breaks. is the kind that breaks at the top. Yeah, right? we break it at the top, so it's bamboo. So, so I made it stronger so that it wouldn't bend, right? So that I could actually pick up big pieces of chicken and eat it <laughs> for me, right? There's so the kind of chopsticks that you end up just sticking back I, in the dishwasher and rewashing yeah, again. <laughs> you could. You, we've had a few people say that, so yes. I end up doing that because yeah. then I feel bad, especially if they're good quality yeah. ones. I'll just use them again. Yeah. And again, our... Higher grade chopsticks actually cost less than the lower grade chopsticks when you go to the store and you buy it. Yeah. So, you know, again. So that pretty much wraps up the different products that they have. Mm -hmm. um, I am going to push for him to make a cup. <laughs> we're the, working on it. We're working on it. I promise you we're working on they it. Could, they, so I know that you have tried to make a paper cup, right? Correct. So what, are the, what have been the challenges of that? Just so, so people know. Okay, so we've, we've actually made a paper cup, right? And we got to as much as 12 ounces before the, just the natural physics of the product starts breaking down. So water has a pressure strength that wants to push out or push down. So when a straw gets above a certain, uh, the paper, when a cup gets above a certain size, it just really just wants to fold it fold over on itself when okay. you put water in there. And we found that 12 ounces was like the max. top max. It's like the max we could go. 10 ounces was a little bit better, but 12 was like the max. Well, when we went to our retailers, our customers, the stores, they're like, no, we want 16 because that's what everybody uses in that Dixie cup. Everybody knows what that red Dixie cup, we've all been there, guys, it's okay, right? They want 16 ounces. And we just haven't, the technology just hasn't gotten there to get us at 16 ounces. So we could make a 12 ounce cup tomorrow. Okay, well, but I the think industry. You <laughs> yes, Christine, I will not. <laughs> so, you know, what we might do is, like I said, I'm going to be at the factory in two weeks. And we have a bunch of new products we've been working with that, you know, we've been going over um, line and WeChat talking to them. And I'm going to get to see them for the first time. Yeah. And I'm going to bring them back. And when I do, I'll, I'll, I'll call you in and we can take a look at them. Awesome. Um, but what I, I guess what I, I know maybe retail wants a 16 yeah. ounce cup. I think the sustainable world, mm -hmm. I guess, in they're wanting a product yeah. that isn't lined with plastic. Yes. So even there's paper cups out there they're and then they're lined with plastic. plastic Correct. Right? And that, that, whole and that prevents them from being degradable, biodegradable. Right? Exactly. Right? And so that's another He's thing that purpose. a lot of people don't know. Um, you know, there's a lot of the cardboard boxes mm -hmm. that kind of look like Chinese boxes. Yeah. Um, you can go to Whole Foods, they have yeah. them. And all they plastic. do a very good job at keeping in everything, but it's all lined in plastic. So yeah. just keep in mind that when you're getting those products, it has plastic in it. Yeah. And then um, other cups, they've got wax all over them yes. too, right? To yeah. keep the water out. But um, this bowl here that has been sitting here for so long is holding water perfectly fine. And no deforming of the when yeah. you go to an event or you're filling up just water and or you're getting like plastic water bottles at an event, yes. you know, um, then they just have the big thing of water. And sometimes people literally are just drinking one thing and then throwing, throwing it away. away. Yeah. That's the cup that I feel we need. 
So it won't last sometimes yeah. more than like a second people use it. You <laughs> okay. know, they yeah. just chug water and go. Um, so I tell people... So you can t- make something like that, even if it is 10 ounces. 12 ounces is probably better yeah. um, if, it, if it holds. Mm-hmm. But I'm sure that would sell in this yeah. with your line. Like, I don't think it would. You know, again, we'll, we can always try to bring it in, you know, and, and I'll be really honest. Our strength has always been on the retail side and not in the restaurant institutional side. Mm-hmm. So for us, unless we can get someone to say, yeah, you know, I like that to bring it in. It's very difficult mm-hmm. for us to kind of break into a new product and hope mm-hmm. that it sells versus yeah. knowing it's going to sell. And again, I, I hate to be the ugly capitalist, but at the end of the day... Well, you have to make ends meet. I, I, yeah, <laughs> I got kids to feed. Come on. Now. <laughs> right? With your paper plates. Yeah. But I tell people this. Look, if, you're, if you see plastic, I mean, if you see anything paper and it's shiny, don't buy it. Yeah. Because then it's plastic over the top. And that's not good for multiple reasons. One, reason number one, the minute you put any hot food on it, that plastic melts and transfers to your food. So you're eating, you're literally eating plastic now. Number two, if you throw that into the compost bin or the recycle, I mean, any kind of degradable, biodegradable bin, it doesn't. You go in the landfill, it never breaks down. The plastic will prevent it from breaking down. It does its job in making sure that the paper doesn't break. But it, it doesn't do anything for being equal. And you're eating plastic. Well, I think we covered majority of the topics here. Mm-hmm. And I think more than anything, in order for a lot of this stuff to hit mainstream and for it to go somewhere, mm-hmm. it has yeah. its cost is one. Yeah. And second is the durability of mm-hmm. it, you know, and the accessibility. So, you know, your company has done a great job at hitting all of those marks to where, tried. where I think it's time for people to know who you are, maybe. <laughs> we try to um, keep it a secret for a long time because we just um, wanted people to do the right thing and not sit there and think of, oh, I'm trying to be equal versus, hey, I'm saving money. And by default, you're being equal. Yeah, well, we I think more than anything, way. 10 years ago, it wasn't a thing. Yeah, it, it, and it was not a thing. It's a thing. And now with um, Bill 40 and things that are coming down the pike where it may, it's more than a thing. It's like a mandatory thing. It could be soon. soon. Um, You know, you will probably see a lot of influx of business coming through. nothing wrong with that. And and a lot of restaurants. So right now, you mean, you have a handful of restaurants that happen to be your your They they caught us out of the blue. Yeah. Yeah. And we've never tried go and solicit. I mean, this is really our first delve into trying to get into partnerships where people are actually trying to be more sustainable. Even a lot of the restaurants we were in, they came to us because they were buying our products and finding our products cheaper. And they're like, hmm, I wonder if I buy it from my restaurant, would it be cheaper? Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> and it was, and that's kind of how we got them. So you have wholesale prices yes. for restaurants. Correct. Um, so if there are restaurants interested. Yeah. And we um, deliver. Okay, and then the other thing too is I, I do help Surfrider Foundation Ocean Friendly Restaurant Certifications. Mm-hmm. So I am going to connect the two of you guys and mm-hmm. hopefully um, they can check out your products because I'm sure. no expert. I'm just here um, learning as, as mm-hmm. well as most people are together with everybody. So they're more of an expert. I think they'll be able to um, look at your products in more detail and who knows, maybe it'll end up on their list soon and it'll be a product that I think yeah. a lot of restaurants who are moving in that direction would be mm-hmm. like, 
I gotta check you guys out. And it's local. So, I mean, yeah. that's the other thing, too, I love about it is that yeah. it's a local brand. Um, it's a local company. All the money made from this stays here. And unfortunately, the other products on the market, the other eco products, they're all mainland companies, and the money goes back to the mainland. They're being sold by a local person, so he's making his cut. But the bulk of the money goes back to the mainland. For us, mm-hmm. all the money stays here. That's awesome. So, last but not least, mm-hmm. I know I talked to you about this earlier, but um, going towards the future. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm scared now. <laughs> uh, we, we are, I mean, in general, most everything is manufactured outside of Hawaii and outside yeah. of our country. Mm-hmm. Um, we are sourcing our eco-friendly materials and products from other countries, importing them in. Um, hopefully, one day we'll find a way to grow these materials here in Hawaii, yeah. which, you know, you mentioning bamboo and sugarcane <laughs> are products so. that were incapable of growing here in Hawaii. Hopefully, this could be something that we do here and um, we manufacture here as well. Um, I know you looked into it and it has a pretty penny attached to that. Yeah, you want to hear something funny? You know, since we talked the last time. This is um, only a, a few buddy, days. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's funny. So I, I was at an event the other night with Rob, um, Buddy Robert. He owns, um, uh, what is that, Kuala Rum? Oh, yeah. yeah. Kuala Rum. Kuala Rum, right? So he um, he was talking about, hey, I buy all your, because he actually, he, he has a little restaurant attached, pizza place attached to his rum place right out there in Kapolei. And, and they, do some, they do some sustainable things yeah. too. And they have so a they buy all of our stuff. Oh, yeah. Even before he knew me, he was oh, buying awesome, stuff. Awesome. So he goes, hey, I know your son's made out of sugar cane. He goes, I've got tons and tons of sugar cane from my, his rum. He goes, let's see. So we're actually starting to talk about maybe we can do something there between he and I to take his product and make it into something usable here. Because right now, there's nothing for him to use. Mm-hmm. Well, that's so my point. Because I think you will play a significant role in getting us to that point. Um, and you know, I hope that we do because a lot of things, if we can um, do it all here, then it'll cut down on. It'll really make us sustainable. Exactly. Yeah. So that's the key. So thank you so much. Thank you for your time. Wraps everything up. So I really appreciate it. Um, thank you all for listening. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast at www.smartlivinghi.com. Also follow us on Instagram at, at smart underscore living underscore Hawaii and like us on Facebook. We will also put all of the different links and all of how to follow you as well on top of this podcast. Mahalo. Thank you so much. Aloha guys.